The following is an exclusive Disruption Network production. In the heart of East Utica lies Joey's at 307. That's 307 Mohawk Street. It's where the eclectic old school meets the new school cuisine. Dine in and enjoy some amazing seafood dishes, classic Utica Italian dishes, a revolving dinner menu, and even offering catering. Call them at 315-864-3527. Joey's at 307. You're going to love it. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Ballwash.com. Stay protected from odors. In itch, the essential must-have product to keep your crotch fresh. Feeling good and smelling great throughout the day and throughout your workouts. Remember, guys, the fun doesn't have to stop in the shower. Get the funk off your junk. Use the promo code Members Only and get 15% off all your sales. Use promo code Members Only for 15% off. Again, that's BallWash.com. Members Only for promo code for 15% off. Looking to sell your vehicle? Contact the United Auto Wholesale Team. We'll buy it. Old or new? Car, truck, SUV, van? Call to set up an appointment. Then stop in, make the sale, and get instant payment. Sell your vehicle to United Auto's wholesale team. What's cracking, everybody? Welcome to a stupid computer day here on EC Radio. You were live on all Disruption Network social media platforms. You can check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And then we wrap it up into a nice little podcast that you can listen to at your leisure, at your discretion, at disruptionnetwork.net. Shout out to my sponsors, United Auto Sales. Stopped out in their showroom, 4994 Commercial Drive in Yorkville. See why it's easy to do business with United. Shout out to EJA Moving Services. Joey's at 307. Billy the Liquor Guy's got a book out there called under too long check it out on amazon or wherever you get your books thank you utica coffee saranac brewery my attorney dave longaretta and of course one of my favorite sponsors not that they're not all my favorite sponsors but ballsy ballwash.com use promo code members only for a 15 percent discount and uh, my guest today mr rob Durek, is no stranger to hearing me talk about nut rub and ball wash I've been hearing you talk about balls ever since I've known you, so I don't know whether it's yours or your your buddies. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, have, I have yet to try out the ball wash, though. That's gonna have to be uh, that's gonna have to be my next step in uh, hygiene. But your balls are iconic in the Mo scene because it was mayor of Moville at one time. Don't you think they should be smelling fresh and clean? Well, I'm not saying they don't smell fresh and clean, but you know. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe take it to the next level. <laughs> I'm telling you, Nut Rub changed my life. It really has. You put a little swoop of dupe on there, and it smells good. You don't sweat. You just swoop and dupe, and you don't sweat. You don't chafe. You can go along throughout your day really nice, and it's a nice, comfortable feeling, too. Is it a uh, situation for the shaved or unshaven, or does it not matter? It doesn't matter. But if you aren't shaved, if you got a Wookiee on your cookie, it gets clumped up a little bit. And uh, you're dealing with some clumps and maybe a little flaking afterwards if you don't shower for a couple days. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Clumps. 
<laughs> We're off to a great start. Rob, it's great to see you, man. Right, Thanks. right off the bat. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time with me today. Um, I'd be a bad friend if I didn't start this podcast by asking about Chuck and how Chuck's doing and yeah. how he's feeling these days. You're a good friend, Z. That's what you are. Um, Chuck is, that's just a stupid line from one of our songs. Uh, the Chuck, Chuck's doing good, man. I mean, you know, it's, I, I haven't, I've been keeping pretty close touch with him, but I actually haven't talked to him or seen him since Thursday. Usually it's more than that, uh, which is, you know, four or five days ago, but, uh, he's been doing therapy, doing, um, physical therapy and speech therapy almost every day. It's one or the other, or sometimes both. Uh, so, you know, it's, I, the, everyone's saying that he's, you know, the recovery looks like it's going to be, you know, full and like, he's doing really great for where he is right now, they say. Um, but there's still, there's still a lot of work to do for him. So, um, we're just, you know, trying to keep him motivated and talking to him. And every once in a while, I'll put the pressure on, you know, like, dude, you got to fucking be playing your guitar. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you know, but I don't know if that's helpful or not. I try, I try to try to be helpful, but you know, it's, it, it is going to take a while. I feel like you are that guy for tough love, right? I hear the, the tough, tough love guy love. of the crew. Me? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to soften my edges and I don't know how much it's going to work. You know, I did go to Whitesboro. There's not really a lot of soft edges in Whitesboro. So, uh, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Growing up in upstate New York and Whitesboro, Utica, the 315 area, you do got to have thick skin to grow up around here. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Whitesboro, man, I've always been curious, who was your base mentor? Was it somebody locally here in Utica? No, no, no. no. I, I didn't start until I was in college. Oh, is that right? I was, I was way, yeah, I never played, I never played in high school. I, I, I didn't start playing bass until I was um, 19, I think. And I graduated when I was 17. I was either 19 or 20 around then. What made you start? Oh, lack of anything else that was, you know, it was weird. Like, uh, like anything else, probably a girl you know, kind of thing. Like, you know, uh, wanting to prove to the last girl that dumped me that I wasn't a piece of shit. Um, maybe, but, uh, I, I went to, um, I went to university of Buffalo and my roommate was this, <laughs> my roommate was, uh, a guy I was, I was 19, I was 18, 19 and yeah, 19. And he was, um, he was a Vietnam vet. He was 38 years old my roommate in the dorm, the guy was, and he was massive. He was like six foot five, like nearly 300 pounds, 280 or something. But he was the nicest guy in the world. And he, he, you know, took me under his wing a little bit and he had a, a, a guitar and I, I learned how to play guitar, um, just fucking around with his. And I just fell in love with it. And then it wasn't, I, I think like I, I made it through just that year. And I picked up, I bought a bass at Nicotera's and when I went home, in Utica. Uh, and I just never looked back. I just fell in love with it and I just couldn't stop playing. You know, it was like, I, I knew like, that's what I was meant to do. You just gave me a flashback of Nicotera's, which is the smallest music store in the world is in a garage. And it was the biggest fire hazard ever. Right. <laughs> there was shit all over the they place. They had the most cars and stuff of anybody. And it was in the smallest amount. Like you ask them for something like, Oh yeah, hold on. And they just get a ladder and get behind something on top of it. It was crazy. 
Right, they'd have to move five boxes to get to whatever you wanted and then dust it off yeah. because it was probably sitting there since the 60s. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you could find like serious vintage gear that hadn't even been used yet there. Right. It had been sitting in the corner underneath a pile of dust. Right next to the old man sitting in the corner. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was his daughter, I guess. Or it was his daughter or wife. I think it must have been his daughter. It was his daughter, Rosemary. Me. Yeah, Rosemary. Rosemary, yeah. yeah. Hi, honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought some like uh, it was a Beatle bass copy they call it. It's like a Beatle bass. The Beatles played this bass. It was you know like one of those hollow bodies, but it was you know it was a Clara. It was called K L I R A, and it was a Honer hollow body copy. And she's like, and the best thing about this is when you move up to the next level, come back and we'll give you all your money back, and you can buy something bet nicer. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I <laughs> played it for about six seven months brought it back he's like well I'm not, I'm not giving you all your money back and i'm like well you told me you were you said you'd buy it back at the same price she's like no nobody does that when i was a kid i didn't know <laughs> she scammed you <laughs> i don't know or, you know i just heard something else i don't know you know what i mean like who, who the hell knows <laughs> I, I have a tendency to hear what i want and not you know what people are actually saying to me that woman remind me of every italian aunt ever <laughs> Right? She's yeah. just like your quintessential uh, Italian aunt. You know, she's, she yeah. had like a, a sauce and meatballs going while she's trying to sell people Fender Strats. I didn't I didn't have an Italian aunt, but I had my, my neighbors were all Italian aunts, so yeah. aunts and uncles. And you do have so a Vinny Amico, though. I got an Amico. <laughs> yeah, you do have an Amico, which means yeah, friends in like Italian. Having, <laughs> yeah, that's like having six Italian aunts. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Vinny, you know, you, you formed this new band, Blue Star Radiation, which is a killer. It, to yeah, me, it's man. like the, it's the Avengers of the jam band world coming together. <laughs> and, and, and I can see why you picked Vinny, because you guys have been locked in for so many years. But how'd you pick Tim Paul Mary? Um, how did we pick Tim? Um, we well, it started with me and Nate. Nate Wilson were were um, had been conspiring to do something together for literally for years because we a million years ago we had a band called Swamp Donkey that we played with, um, and Tim just came up from Nate's from Nate's end. Was, maybe it was Vinny. I, I don't know. We, we're we're throwing names around and we didn't really know. We're, we're looking for guys because we live all in New England, you know. Well, Vinny doesn't, but he's close enough. So we're trying to find guys close and um, like, well, Tim's got a million things going on, but we could ask him. Maybe he'll he'll be into it. And Nate got in touch with him and was just like, yeah, he's down. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. I didn't I didn't really know what to expect. And, you know, as soon as he started playing with us, he was just like, OK, well, this dude's fucking legit, man. <laughs> he's gonna, he's he, insane. He, he's on his own level. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, well, that's the band. And even Vin, Vin was like, I was blown away by like Vinny's sort of change when he started playing with a, with us, you know, with this, with this configuration, it's like a different drummer. He just starts like fucking beating the shit out. I, I was, I went deaf by the end of the, by the end of the freaking four day tour we did and the rehearsals between 
between Vinny beating the shit out of his drums and Tim cranking the amp. I was, and I brought like a little tiny practice amp with me thinking like, I asked the guys, I'm like, is this going to be enough? Are we going to be quiet on stage? You're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We play to whatever the room requires. And just no, no. So I have to go out with a pretty, with a much bigger rig next time around. (laughs) Do you remember the first time you heard Tim Palmieri play? First time I heard him. Honestly, I think is when he sat in with us at Modown. I don't think I had actually seen him. Uh, it was either I watched. Oh, you know what? I saw him. The breakfast opened up for us uh, in um, Philadelphia uh, a million years ago. We were playing an outdoor gig in Philly, and I saw him play then, and he was he was killing it. But um, I, I really noticed like he sat in on something. I don't know what the hell we played at Modown a million years ago, and he just like kept like pushing and pushing and taking it to another level. It was just like, wow, holy shit. This dude's a shredder. Yeah, that's for sure, man. Uh, I hadn't, haven't seen you guys live, but I did see a couple videos and it looked like you're having the time of your life up there, man. Yeah. Well, we played, you know, we played kind of close. We were in, um, we were at the, um, what's it called? The Westcott mm-hmm. in uh, Syracuse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was our first gig. Uh, it, it was, it's, you know, it's, it, I definitely felt like really invigorated playing with these guys. And it's just like a lot of energy and it was fun as hell. Cause it's all, you know, most of it's like new material to me. So that was kind of cool too. Just doing a completely different thing. Yeah. The freshness. You, yeah. you got to go back and do some homework, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, after homework, and now like after doing that weekend, I'm like, oh, not only do I have to do homework, I have to actually practice because I'm like the worst dude in the band now. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Got to keep up on those chops to hang with Tim. I, I mean, I might have been the worst dude in Mo, but I never noticed it. <laughs> and, you know and nate's no slouch either i remember him back in the day with percy hill and and then the nate wilson band he used to come oh. through utica a lot the electric company back in the day and uh and nate's they, another one that shreds like i said prior to this conversation yeah. is like you you formed the avengers in the jam band world yeah yeah absolutely man and we're we're gonna we're gonna kill all the evil jam bands out there and <laughs> Take them all down. You guys plan on doing an album or anything, or is this just something to screw around with? Are you going to take it a little serious, or just uh, it, it is what it is type of thing? Um, we're sort of in between those two things. Like we, when we're together, we're like, dude, let's write our own material. Let's do this, and then like as soon as everybody has to go and do their day jobs, it's just like realizing the amount of hours in the day just aren't enough. So. Uh, we don't have uh, anything planned and in the works, but uh, we were supposed to play this weekend coming up and those, you know, COVID kind of screwed us with that stuff, but we're uh, re- rebooking those gigs. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm just going to start sending them. I have, you know, the thing is I have more, I have more originals that um, just haven't been played and haven't been um, done with anybody. So I'll, I'll just keep sending them to those guys and hopefully they'll have some of that material too. And maybe an album will come of it. I'd, lo- I'd love that. Are you a, a lyric guy first or a melody guy first when you're writing? Um, they both kind of come to me together. So, like, I, I come up with, like, uh, not all the lyrics, but I'll come up with a, a line and a melody, like a hook. 
the hook comes to me first generally and then i have to kind of build go back from there so the hook always comes as a melody with words or close to the words that i want sometimes you know like the, the i'll get the hook and the words will just be a little cheesy so i have to you know or, or just like really obtuse you know singing about like a foot or something and then i'll just <laughs> kind of change it a little bit you know are you a voice memo guy? Like singing into your voice memos on your phone? Is oh that yeah, your, that's your technique. Yeah, driving. You know, you hear that. You hear the road in the background, and then me like singing into my freaking voice memo, and then I forget that I even have that shit, and I go back and like, oh my god, I did this like five years ago, and it's still on my voice memos somehow, <laughs> and it never goes anywhere. You know, like every once in a while, I do have one that. I did a long time ago that just, I can't get it out of my head and I also can't do anything with it. You know, there's still haven't been able to happen, but it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's so ingrained in my head. Like I used to have this, um, I used to have this theory about writing songs and I wouldn't record or write down any of it. And if I, this was like, you know, in the, in the early, early days, uh, when I was writing a lot of the stuff like that was on Head Seed and No Doy and the, the, like songs from that era, um, <clears throat> I would write stuff a lot of times while I'm doing manual labor, you know, like I'd be out mowing lawns and stuff, working my day job or whatever it was. And then I would refuse to write anything down until it really stuck in my head because then I knew if it was going to stick in my head that long, then it was worth doing. Otherwise, if I lost it and forgot it, it was just crap. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was necessarily right because I, I I stopped doing that after a while. But there was a lot of a lot of you know that was sort of my method in the early days. Would you go back and piece some of the, the material, like uh, kind of glue some material together? You had one thing you're working on, and then go back to something else that you're working on. Just kind of go back into the archives on your voice memo. I, I haven't tried that no, but uh, I'll have to go and listen. Like I do, like I said, I have the one thing, but that's also been stuck in my head, so I don't even need the voice memo for it. That's good that you got that memory like that, though, bro. Well, it's selective for sure. It's <laughs> like I don't, you know, like I, I forget, like you know, I, I'm 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 the guy who walks into a room holding something and like. Why the hell did I do this? What, what am I looking for? Where, you know, or, you know, like I have no idea what, what I'm doing. So it's like stuff when it comes to music is different, but, um, but like just day-to-day -day activities, I feel like I'm slipping pretty hard, like an old man. Is, it, is melodies coming to your head every day? Is this something that goes on every day or is there a point where you have this, uh, writer's block type of thing? Um, and I have a pretty good, uh, creative window going right now and it hasn't closed in a while. Uh, but I have been in that situation where I've been, you know, kind of screwed and just like nothing. Uh, I find like little active, like manual, just, you know, doing activities and, um, trying to be, keep some physical stuff going on is very helpful for that. And sometimes just forcing yourself to sit down, like when you're really screwed with, writer's block just sit down and make the worst freaking possible song you can make and just keep doing it until it doesn't suck anymore <laughs> but uh right well, i've been fortunate that my window's been pretty good lately you know it's been um 
I almost have to take a break from it because it's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Right. Do you exercise? Do you keep active when you're sitting around the house? And, and do you, how, how do you keep active? Uh, uh, well, honestly, I've been kind of lame for the last couple of years, but um, I, I used to play lacrosse like two or three times a week still, you know, like, and I gave up on that. Um, like, uh, after I got cancer, I, I tried playing again. And the first thing I did after like having cancer and, you know, getting through it was break my fucking ribs. So I was just like, you know what, this isn't, this really isn't going to work for me anymore. So I, uh, I've just started going back to the Y and just doing, you know, weights and cardio and, you know, keeping it light, but, uh, that's about all I can handle. I hike with the dog and, uh, weights, cardio, bike stuff like that yeah something to get the heart rate up a little bit but not overdo it yeah i can't i know i can't i mean i I just i I got too many too many weird physical things going on i also had like a foot operation last year that oh damn screwed me up for months what was up with your foot oh it's just (laughs) it was elective surgery for a bunionectomy but my feet were so bad that like it was uh, like I have pins and all this other crap in my foot to make it right. And it, I was like on one of those knee scooters. Uh, and that took, that was like three months. I was laid up for like three months. Oh, damn. Yeah. How, how do you combat that? I'm sure that that kind of put effect on your mental health a little bit, right? Been laying around. I feel like you're an active type of guy, like sitting around. Yeah, the house I really eat at you. Yeah. I mean, how, what, what about you? If you couldn't like do shit for like. <laughs> You know, like, what would you do it, 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 my wife is like, I'm not ready for you to go through that again. She, Cause I, I was like, <laughs> I got to do my other foot. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not ready for that because the next foot means I have to, uh, I have to, I can't drive. It's my right foot. Oh, no way. So I'm, I don't know. I, I probably won't even bother going through the other one. It, it was, it was, it was, you know, it, it destroyed me like mentally. Oh, I bet. And I gained like a hundred pounds or something. So you know, I gained a ton of weight just sitting around and eating and drinking. Yeah. E- eating when you're just sitting around bored, man, that's not a good trait to fall into at all. <laughs> not at all. Sitting around eating bonbons and cheese, watching football. It can really put you, you could, you could turn into job of the hut really quick. That was me. <laughs> bonbons and cheese bonbons and cheese you know it's uh the middle of january right now and usually we're in like jamaica or on a cruise or something what do you uh, prefer do you prefer the excursions or the cruises better excursions excursions yeah I, well i i like yeah i mean i i really like going to jamaica i mean the cruises are fun uh but nowadays like i, I can't even the, the thought of being on a boat, you know, trapped with just a bunch of, you know, all, all it takes is one person to be sick yeah, to fuck the whole boat, you know, like, so that, that just seems like real dicey to me. Uh, the cruise, I mean, the jam cruises are, are nuts. You know, they're people are, they party hard, you know, man, they're, I, I don't, I, I can't even keep up with them. They're all much younger than I am too, but I try, I know Al really tries Al, Al freaking pushes himself hard on those things. But uh, <laughs> the the thing is, like, I like going to the beach and just chilling and having like a, you know, I'll, I'll drink a Bloody Mary on the beach or a freaking margarita or something and just sit there and go in and out of the water. So like, I'd rather do that than 
you know, just walking around in circles on a boat. I'll tell you, man, Jamaica was the best vacation I was ever on back in 2019. Was it 2019? Yeah, it was 2019 was the last one, right? Was I? I think, I think so. Or was that Jam Cruise twin? I don't know. It's all these years it was one, but that that Jamaica so much fun. It's crazy, yeah. I want to go back for sure. We got to make that happen again. Is that something that you guys would talk about putting on a, like a, a long term type of plan? Obviously, you got to probably wait for Chuck to get better, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we talk about it, but you know, then we also are like, who wants to go to Iceland? <laughs> so the, the Iceland thing was going to happen and that, you know, be, before Chuck got sick or before Chuck had a stroke. And, you know, that, that seems like a fun idea too, but like, I would love to go to Jamaica like every single year and just make that a thing. Indeed. I'm, I'm totally down with that. Whose idea was Iceland? Where, where does that come from? Um, I'm not going to say it was my idea, but I jumped at the chance because I, I, I was there w- once for like 16 hours on a layover. And I, I just then I really want to go there. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm a freaking Viking. So I want to <laughs> I, I felt at home. I felt like this is like where I'm supposed to be when I was there. So it's pretty cool. It's beautiful. It's a wild looking place, man. I'd love to check that Have out. Have you ever been there? No, man. No. And uh, I was definitely considering hanging with you guys but obviously it didn't happen but is that something you're going to reschedule yeah yeah that's going to happen and i just don't know when yet we gotta you know everything's up in the air for us so right but everybody's still down and the the guys at you know that want to do the shows are definitely behind us still as far as that's what i'm told anyhow but uh i'm 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 psyched to go there for sure I, i i'm uh, I, I'm open, man. I, I don't have a lot going on right now, so <laughs> I'm like fixing shit around the house. I'm building cabinets and fucking screwing in light bulbs. Are you a handy guy? Uh, pretty handy. Um, yeah. I'd say I, I I'm learning. Like I'm a I'm a YouTuber, and but I've been doing it for a bunch of years. Uh, I've done a, I've like done a lot of work around that house and built a lot of stuff made a patio and like I'm refinished bathrooms and kitchens and shit. Oh, awesome. How about mow down? Is that Looking something maybe is mow down something maybe what? we can revisit too in the future? In Jamaica? Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Mow down in Jamaica. Can you <laughs> imagine? Call it mow down in Jamaica. Can you imagine Chuck Che uh, in Jamaica? I think he was there, wasn't he? Or was he there? I, I've seen him in so many random places. He just pops up like um, Quickie Koala. Now that now that he's you know a freaking internet millionaire, he just shows up. <laughs> <laughs> pal, I got a great coin for you, pal. You got to jump on it right now. <laughs> I jumped on. What was the last thing you got me? You got oh Shiba Inu. Yeah, did you get in? Shibu. Yeah, I it, did. It hasn't really been performing for me since I got in, but just hang on, hang on for a while. I'm hanging. Yeah, I, just you know, I forget about it. Mm-hmm. The, the big thing too right now is NFTs. Have you guys explored any of the NFT options? Yeah. I I still don't fully understand what the hell it is. Like I see like people like this is our NFT a ban, and they show this shitty freaking graphic, right. like and someone. And someone's buying this from you? That someone wants this shitty graphic? 
and that's all it is. Why? <laughs> that's the mentality going on with the kids these days. A lot of it looks like a third grader drew it, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm like, is there more to it than I'm missing? Is there like some other, you know? Yeah. Well, something like Joe Bonamassa. Bonamassa did a thing where he uh, he created a song, and the song was just for one person. So non-fungible token was what F- NFT stands for, right? Fungible meaning one of a kind. Right. And he created this song and put it out there, and he made millions off the one song. The cool thing is it puts the power back into the artist's hands because every time that song, either if the person who owns that song wants to sell it, Bonamassa gets a gets a commission off every time it gets it changes hands. So it's it's a contracted oh, really? thing. Yeah, it's a contracted thing. So whoever minted that NFT, they call it minting. Whoever designed it, created it. Every, every time it changes hands, you make you make a good little buck off it on a, on a back end commission type thing. Damn, that's how I should have done my new songs. <laughs> well, you, you got some coming up you got some if you're constantly writing maybe you should think about doing that right doing nft nft and you put like you know like a personal video behind it or some kind of like artwork with it or something not just a song put a little extra something behind it as well damn do you it's know how to do videos it's the way the world – yes, I do, as a matter of fact. It's the way the world rolls <laughs> these days. It's like this is how it's changing the game. Um, are you familiar with Gary Vee at all? The, he's an influencer out there, Gary Vaynerchuk. No. He's, uh, he was saying that by 2030 – Yeah, Vanderchuk or Vaynerchuk, however you, you pronounce it. He was saying by 2030, everything's going to be an NFT. Concert tickets are going to be an NFT, and there's already posters that are NFT. It's, uh, NFT is going to change the game. How? I don't know. How does that kind of work? I don't. I don't know. I got to look more into it. But I've been following him a lot lately, and that's what that's what he's been saying. It's weird too, because I got a buddy of mine who's an artist, and he just will create this piece of work and throw it up on one of these auction sites like Open Seas, and and he'll make like five, six thousand dollars off like one thing that it took him like two hours to make. Jesus Crazy. Christ! Crazy. Yeah. What are we doing wrong? Everything apparently. We're talking <laughs> about what what we're doing wrong. We're talking about it and not doing it. That's exactly. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just such a the way the world is going these days. It's uh, it's amazing. So Rob, you do have this new album out uh, on Bandcamp, and yeah. uh, I, I like the concept that you did. You were writing not really jingles, but you were writing songs for people. Is was it easy for you to come oh, up with really? these songs off the top of your head? Was it? Um, I wouldn't say it's easy. Um, it, it was, um, I, I kind of treated it like it was a job almost, you know, so not in a bad way, not like a job that you fucking hate, but like, I, I treated it with like discipline and, um, when a person wanted a song, you know, I I came up with a system and, um, I kind of used that system to make, make the song. So, uh, the material was initially, you know, it, they would give me the subject matter, which was that's that's the big one, you know, having the subject matter of a song. So what do you want to write a song about? Like, I don't know. I can sit down and play my guitar. I can play my bass and just come up with a melody left and right. It could be shitty. It could be good. That's just something that just happens. But like having the subject matter for a song. So, you know, that's that's 
that's the hard thing. So I would get the subject matter from the person who wanted the song. And then um, we'd go from there. They give me a little background on, you know, if it was a song for their wife, their, you know, let's say as their wife, they'll give me like how they met, what they think about them. And I started to learn how to ask questions about um, what, what things would be, you know, what creative things could I, can I get out of this? And uh, I'd get enough material from them that I could just sit down and like the basic, you know, this basic structure for the song would come in a day. And then it would spend about another two weeks putting the whole thing together, changing words around, recording, adding different parts until it was done. So the real big thing for songwriting, the hardest thing is having the subject matter. And when you're writing for somebody, they have the subject in mind. And you can just take any of those experiences, you can take any experience that you have personally in your head and just use that as like, um, as you know, filler for, for the stuff that is in there, uh, that that's for their, their song or their subject. And that's, you know, something that I've been doing for 30 years. So I know all about that. It's kind of an interesting spin on, on cameo, right? It kind of like a, cause cameo has been a thing. And I can imagine like, have you, have you done cameos? I have, and um, I found this a lot more rewarding than doing cameo. Yeah, because cameos, it seems like it get real stale after a while. You know, how how many birthday greetings can you do after a while, or how many times can you be like "Happy anniversary" from your husband Tommy, and like how many times can you get into that? Yeah. So this is a cool little spin on something like that. Yeah, right. Like, uh, hey, uh, my friend asked me to reach out. How you doing, Z? Yeah, all right. I hear it's your anniversary of uh, you know washing your balls and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, happy anniversary, Rob Durhack here. You know, you come up with this stupid shit. Yeah, was that your radio Make voice? Me. You just used your radio voice. You said you had like a case yeah, of case of overtime. Over there, everybody. That's right. <laughs> we're on WZEE. <laughs> you sound like you were on WOUR for a minute there. <laughs> W-O-U-R, W-O-U-R, yeah. the rock of central New York. See? See, you can do it, man. You can, you could do some liners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is radio something you were ever interested in? I feel like after <laughs> no, hearing you do this, you have the voice. <laughs> um, I had never really thought about it. Uh, I used to love listening to the radio. I enjoyed the radio way more, I think, than actually listening to – I mean, I'd listen to W-O-U-R every single – fucking day of my life growing up and uh probably more than well nobody you know more than tapes for a while before i was able to uh get a tape player so i mean i don't know i i i'm, I'm just i'm like i'm kind of lost in thought on that right now i'm like did i actually want to do that and just didn't realize that i wanted to do that <laughs> you slipped into a radio but, uh, voice yeah. <laughs> OUR was I, the I shit to... back in the day, too. Weren't they? They were like the best station going. Oh, like, you tuned yeah. in. Like, they would be like, a concert announcement tomorrow at 5 o'clock, and that's where you were tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Yeah, you know it's summer when they're rocking in Weedsport. <laughs> <laughs> that was the shit back yeah. then. <laughs> but I also heard, like, you know, freaking like Fishbone the first time on OUR, you know? Really? Like driving to school? Yeah, Party at Ground Zero was a you know a, 
they, they would do like some, you know, odd, weird sort of song every once in a while, like uh, not Dr. Demento weird, but, you know, like just uh, <laughs> stuff from left, left field. And, you know, not only was it classic rock, I remember hearing stuff like, you know, Fishbone and other bands. Is there any new music out there Didn't, that you're listening to? I didn't even know what it was. Right, right. What's that? <laughs> Is there any new music you're yeah. listening to these days? Any new bands? Um, yeah, this band Blue Star Radiation is pretty cool. Um, I got to check them out. Yeah. Um, what the hell have I been listening to lately? I, I don't even know. I've been listening... I just got through my Christmas music phase where I just go like all of December. All I do is listen to Christmas music. Oh my gosh. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you probably would, but I've been doing it every year since I was born. I think, uh, I, you know, I've just been, I haven't really been listening to anything new. I've been, um, listening to old stuff, honestly. Um, like I just, you know, throw on a record Layla, um, just listening to a lot of jazz and stuff. What about so, when you're in the car driving? What are you listening to? NPR. NPR. Yeah, talk radio, talk NPR. Getting pissed off at them for being, you know, like I'm not, I'm not like a right wing guy at all. But I, I also torture myself by listening to like the woke personalities of NPR and the, all that bullshit. Is it's just. I agree more with them. I'm like kind of side with them, but I also get really pissed off about how like absurd some of it is, but I can't stop. Are you a sports talk guy? Do you listen to sports talk at all? No, no, I used to, I, I, I got off of that. Um, I, I, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna ruffle some feathers, but it just seems really fucking stupid to me to listen to sports talk like guys talking about like what somebody may or may not do on the, on the court or uh, on the field. And it's just, it's just so stupid. I hear you, especially guys that never played the game before. Right. And, you know, listening to like Stephen A. Smith screaming I, just nonsense. Like what? Yeah. Like what? none of this matters. What you're saying doesn't matter. How do you have a job? This makes no sense to me. You know, like, it's about it makes about as much sense as a fucking child drawing NFT getting ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Have you been paying attention to the NFL playoffs at all? Yeah, yeah. My team just got beat by the Bills last weekend. So yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. who do you who do you, who do you want to see in the Super Bowl now that the Patriots? Well, the Bills are. now. Yeah, the Bills. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I I spent my form a bunch of formidable years in Buffalo and learned to love them, but just only after the Patriots are out of it, <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot, I get a lot of shit from my bills friends, from my Buffalo friends about liking the Pats and I'm a trader or whatever, but I didn't grow up there. I grew up, I'm, I'm from new England, you know, I was born in Maine. <laughs> How about in the NFC side? Uh, you know, it was good to watch Tom Brady do his thing last year, but I don't really care about him anymore. I just wanted to see it happen once. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked the Packers, um, as a team, like ever since I was little. Uh, so I guess then, but if it came down Packers and Bills, I'm going Bills for sure. What about you? 
I well definitely love to see Buffalo. I'm not. Um, I've been secretly rooting for Buffalo. I'm a Giant fan, and the Giants suck for the last decade. Uh, so Buffalo, because we are here, I'm three hours away from them. I gotta root for the Bills, and uh, I've always been an Aaron Rodgers fan. I like Aaron Rodgers a lot, so I like to see Green Bay in there. San Francisco looks good. I know there's a lot of good teams still out there. You know, we're down to uh, the final eight teams right now. So uh, it's going to be good. I, I love this coming weekend because there's always really good football this weekend and then championship weekend. Usually championship weekend sometimes outshines the actual Super Bowl. A lot of times. I, you know, like, uh, well, last weekend wasn't good football for most. There was a couple good games. Uh, not for my team. There wasn't. <laughs> we looked like absolute shit. Um, but... Uh, how how wait, how do we get sucked into sports talk? I thought I was saying sports talk is bullshit. <laughs> you just turned into Stephen A. Smith. What the hell? Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of great there's a lot of great games that end up being like the it was a there's a time where like the AFC championship was the freaking should have been the Super Bowl, you know, a bunch of years in a row. Um I don't know what it's going to look like this year. I mean, I think that, I mean, if you think about it, if it does end up being Green Bay and Buffalo, that's, that's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah. You know, that's not going to be, that's going to be a real championship. Mm-hmm. I agree. I can't think of, I can't think of anybody else in the NFC. Eh, I don't know, maybe Tampa Bay, but I don't know. I don't see them. Making it the whole way, honestly. And Tom Brady's won enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck that guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> he is the goat, though. He's the, the greatest of all time, though. And we've got to see him shine so many times. And I was, shit, how many Super Bowls has he been in? And t- every other year he's in the Super Bowl. So it's time for somebody new to be in there. I literally got when when I was, you know, when he was on the Pats. I was just like, you know, I'm having trouble rooting for my own team at this point because it's like getting, I like, I'm, I've got so used to winning that it's just become boring. And I don't even want to see, like, I start watching the game, wanting the Pats to win. And then they start doing, you know, crushing. And then, you know, I'm like, I'm going to start rooting for the other team right now. Like I find myself subconsciously wanting them to freaking, you know, unless it's Pittsburgh, I've, you know, I've never, <laughs> never had an issue. I always had an issue with Pittsburgh for some reason. That, and I loved seeing the Cowboys go down, and the way the Cowboys went down this past weekend was just glorious. See, when I was growing up, when I was little, and growing up in Whitesboro, I was a Cowboys fan. Really? Yeah, I wanted to be Roger Staubach. That was, he was my <laughs> idol. Did you play football at all growing up? I did to like 10th grade. Did you? Yeah, and then uh, I think, I think, partying took over for me <laughs> so i played i played and what whitesboro had a pretty pretty rigorous football football team you know they put a lot the whole the whole school was like behind it and i kind of bailed it at 10th grade and was like i think i'm done although i do regret it you know i, I talked to my son about it like you know my kids and i'm like i wish i kind of just saw it saw it through you know because i had i i, I really loved i played football from the time I was, a, you know, peewee, whatever the hell it was, I was like probably in first grade when I first started playing and played through like every year at the 10th grade. 
Yeah, that's. I feel like that's the the normal consensus around Whitesboro. All these great athletes, but once they started smoking weed and drinking, they're like, "All right, I'm done playing sports. <laughs> I'm just gonna party in the woods." Yeah. <laughs> Is that still the way? It's still the way, brother. <laughs> it's still the way. It's not changed. <laughs> There's not much to do in this town, brother. You know, <laughs> you, you can't get a beer ball anymore. So no, you can't. No, but you can get a six pack. But, <laughs> hey, Rob, before we get out of here, um, do you plan on releasing your album out on Spotify or any of the other streaming platforms besides Bandcamp? I don't have a I don't have a plan right now. Um, no plan. I wanted to. Yeah, no, I I, I am ta- I am thinking about talking about doing some physical copies of it. So if that's the case, then I probably do have to release it on Spotify because it'll just get there anyhow. So. If, if I have, if I have, uh, if I'm, if I'm selling CDs, that'll probably happen. But, um, talking to, you know, I, I didn't really go about doing this in like an organized professional way. I just started like, now this is here, have it, you know, like I, I didn't plan any of this. And uh, my manager was like, what, what the fuck are you doing? Why didn't you talk to me about this first? <laughs> I was just like, sorry, Lindsay. I just like, I was afraid that if I did, you would tell me to wait. She's like, yes, I, I would have told you to wait. And do it <laughs> that, right. that would have been the smart thing to do. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm probably probably down the road. I might put it out on Spotify if I if I do a physical release. Actually, do you feel no like plan. do physical CDs sell? I mean, obviously they don't sell as much as they did back in the '90s. But it's something good to have. Like people want to have something tangible in their hands after a show, right? That's the thing. Yeah, it's not real until it's an actual some you know real. Yeah. You know, until you can hold something in your hand. Like, so even though everybody would probably just download it anyway, mm-hmm. it would just be, it's just a thing where like, um, it feels like a homemade piece of bullshit unless you actually have a professional CD put out there or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. That whole album is like a lost art nowadays. You know, that's what you did. You got a vinyl, you got a CD, you went through the liner notes, you know their grandparents' names, you know everybody they thanked, you know <laughs> yeah, the producer, right. you knew everything about the band. But that was the only interaction you had with the band because there was no internet back then. Now it's like you go on, you can do a search, you Wikipedia or whatever, and you can find out all this information. But back in the day when we were growing up, all you had was that album. Yeah. And you memorize stuff that it has no relevance to you on it. Like the, like the liner notes, like, you know, props to bingo for all of the bagels he hooked us up with, you know, and like, you just start like imagining who the fuck bingo is and what he means to, you know, the, the freaking drummer in the band, but yeah, or whatever it is, it's something crazy. And you completely like obsess over, over that little ship. Now there's so much information that you can just get on anybody. It's kind of lost. Was it hard for you to... Kills your imagination. Was it hard for you to keep up with technology, when, especially when it started to change over? I'm not great at it. Um, <laughs> I'm not great. Uh, I, I, I guess, like, for recording, I learned how to use all of the necessary gear and programs to record logic and to program drums and stuff. But, um, my brain is not wired that way. So, you know, I, I would much rather take a, a fucking hammer and nail and <laughs> smash it into something than that I would to sit down and be like, Oh, this is recording. 
so it, it's sort of um it, it 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 was a it was a little bit of a struggle it was years i everybody else in the minus vinny everybody else in the band was like way further ahead of me for like that sort of stuff so it took it took me to it took a lot of uh computer woodshedding i guess for me to get to where i needed to be vinny still you know i i don't know if he even has a facebook account yet so <laughs> he's probably smarter than the rest of us Vinny's whipping up some pasta dish right now in some kitchen. And it'll be delicious. <laughs> and it, yeah, it'll seriously. Seriously. Hey, brother, I really appreciate you taking the time with me today. We, we got to collaborate on that song that I was thinking about back at summer camp. All out of fucks to give. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, I I didn't record it. See, you got to record that. There you go. <laughs> Wasn't Thank there a whole horn line we had figured out? Dude, whatever. We could we could put anything together. That's all yours. You take that. You take the bar. I just want a little thank you in the liner notes. <laughs> thank you for the bagels. Yeah, thank you. Bingo, thank you for the bagels. Rob, thanks. <laughs> the, and, dude, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, man, you've been, you guys have been always so good to me, and I love our friendship that we've had, and I cherish it, and thank you for taking great care of me throughout the years, man, and uh, I got a lot of love for the whole Mo family. And I also got to give a shout-out to Paul Satone, too, for s- spreading this uh, podcast around today. So big ups to Paul and the rest right. of your crew, and so thank you to all that. And you guys have been awesome, and thank you for the years, and looking forward to more to come. Thanks, C. Very glad you, to do it. You're Great the man, Rob. You. Keep in touch, brother. Later. Stop the United Auto Sales. It's never hard to find a vehicle here. The lot is always loaded with cars, trucks, SUVs. Just take a look. I'll bet we have it. And if we don't, we'll buy it for you. United Auto Sales on Commercial Drive in Yorkville, where it's always easy to do business. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to contribute and help with the cost of producing this podcast, you can hit our virtual tip jar on Venmo at XYTODA. Please subscribe on all our podcast platforms. Follow, like, and subscribe All Things Disruption Network on social media. And visit our website, disruptionnetwork.net.